welcome all of our campuses joining us live. I want to welcome our South Shore campus, the Gulf Coast campus, online campus, all those men and women in the Orleans Justice Center and here at Little Creek to week one of our series entitled United. Come on, can we just welcome all those men and women, all these guys joining us. So good to have everyone. We are beginning a three-part series, uh, a series I've never taught on this before per se in a whole message, much less a series, but I want to talk to you about the power of unity. You know, it's interesting. Unity is an ideal that we all talk about. It's something that we long for, but it's something that we often don't experience, whether it's in the home, whether it's in a church, whether it's in a business, whether it's in a community, this, this elusive sense of unity. What is it? I want to talk to you during this series about what unity is. I want to talk to you about what I believe the scripture teaches unity is not, but the power of unity, hence the title United. Speaking of unity, I, uh, I have four children. Uh, my daughter, who's 20, she's a junior in college, and I have a senior, a boy who's a senior, another one who's a junior, uh, and then I have my, my daughter, who's seven. She's adopted, and uh, she's precious. And so uh, when the three older ones were younger, we always had a, a van. And, uh, you know, it's funny, you, you kind of fight it when, you, when you're newly married. I'm never going to get a van. Yeah, watch. <laughs> oh, yes, you'll have one. Absolutely. Your cool factor out the window. But anyway... So I'll never forget, we'd, we'd have our fan. And so my kids, they, they always love Chick-fil-A, right? Chick-fil-A, it's like going to church. Thank God they don't have, it's not open on Sunday. Everybody go there. I went to church. There was Christian music. But anyway, so. <laughs> you know, so uh, yes, I did, Pastor. No, you didn't. Anyway, so I drive through, you know, so you have kids, you know, so so many times we go through the drive through Now, I got to say this, you know, part of, my, part of my strategy on the weekend is I confess my appropriate sins. And uh, so I, I, I have this thing with impatience. I'm getting better. And so we go through these drive through Talking about United, right? We go through the drive through window. And you got to give me your order. You cannot change it. Are y'all with me? I mean, you know, well, Dad, you know, I wanted the, I want ch chicken sandwich all the time. You've already given it to me. You can't change it. And I'm telling you, and then it just, and then my wife, if she just hints and goes, honey, it's okay, there's like a spirit of confusion that just released. <laughs> so one time she really got me. I went up there and said, all right, I need everybody's order. I need it, I need it coherent, succinct, and very clear. Are you guys ready? And so my wife goes, here, we wrote it down. <laughs> you got me, you got me. You know, it's a funny analogy about being in a car, but how many of you know, listen, now I'm going to bring this a little, bit, uh, a little bit larger macro picture. How many of you know you can feel unity, though? You can feel it in a church. You can feel it in a community. You can feel it in a home. You can walk into a home if there's strife. Now, I'm not talking about going through a drive-thru, and I'm talking about real deep-seated animosity and strife and tension. You, you can feel that in an organization. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that Jesus cares about unity? Question, yes or no? The answer is yes, he does. It's interesting that sometimes we believe that some of these things are side issues. I'm gonna show you today that unity is not a side issue for Jesus. 
It's not a small proposition. Matter of fact, he tells us, and I'll share, I'll give you a little bit of sneak peek to the end of the message. We are actually to contend for unity. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. I want to look at the power of living united and the negative consequences of living divided. The negative consequences in your business, the negative consequences in your home, the negative consequences in our community, in our nation, the negative consequences in a church. Discord, disunity, and division, I believe, is not God's will. Genesis chapter 12. I want to read something very interesting. Jesus is teaching, and it's a really, really interesting uh, scripture that I'm going to point out to you guys today. Uh, I cannot remember ever teaching on this, the whole text, but I'm going to give you a little bit of backdrop. Jesus is working miracles. Blind eyes are opening up. Deaf ears are popping open, and people are being healed. And, and remember, in the Bible, there was some groups that opposed the ministry of Jesus, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the wannabes. That was a lot funnier than y'all responded. I thought I'd just share that. Y'all got to work with me a little bit. But anyway, so there were some groups that really opposed Jesus. And so we come up on a scene here where he's doing all these miracles and there's some insecurity among the Pharisees. Look what it says. We're going to go uh, verse 22 through 28, Matthew chapter 12. Here we go. Then one was brought to him, that's Jesus, who was demon-possessed. So they brought to Jesus a demon-possessed person, blind and mute, and he healed him. Wow. So that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. Verse 23. Look at this. And all the multitudes were amazed, saying, could this be the Son of God? See, I mean, there's miracle power. Things are happening. It's awesome. It's amazing. So there's a stir in the crowd. Yeah, there's that guy again. That guy's amazing. Look what's going on. This is, so again, there, there, are some, there are some bystanders, the religious leaders, that get insecure based upon the crowds uh, going wild over this man, Jesus. Look what happens here, verse 24. And now when the Pharisees heard this, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Yeah, you think he's a good guy. He's not a good guy. He's actually a bad guy. Matter of fact, those demons that are in those people, he's got a demon and he's driving out demons because he's got demons. Talk about illogical. Look at verse 25. But Jesus knew their thoughts and he said to them, every kingdom, now listen to this. This is so important. He said, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation or destruction. Every kingdom. But then he gets even more pragmatic and practical. Watch this. And every what? What's this next word? Say it. Pastor, do you believe that God cares about cities and communities or just the church? I believe he cares about communities because in communities, churches are in communities. And communities are... Well, there's cities, and they make up communities, and, and, and then there's states, and there's nations. Matter of fact, every city or what? Say it. House divided against itself will not stand. So he's talking about kingdoms divided. He's talking about cities divided. And he's talking about houses divided. Look at this next verse, verse 26. If Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. In other words, the accusation that they are leveling against me as that I'm casting out demons because I've got a demon. That's absurd. Because no kingdom, the kingdom of darkness is not fighting against the kingdom of darkness. 
Matter of fact, I'm part of the kingdom of light, all right? And I'm driving out this darkness because I'm filled with light. It's the Holy Spirit upon me that's driving out these demon spirits. Demons are not working against demons. Why? Because a house divided against itself, it won't stand. And the kingdom of darkness, in this sense, at this time and today, until the return of Christ, and I taught all about that First Thessalonians, uh, the kingdom of darkness is very, very united. Very united. How then will his kingdom stand? Look at verse 27. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, a demon spirit, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. Last verse. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, Spirit of God was upon him. Pastor, how do I know the Spirit of God on Jesus? Well, remember the baptism of Jordan River. He's baptized in water. And he looked up and the Spirit of God, like a dove, came upon him. And the Spirit of God, and now the miracle powers of Christ were starting. It was just amazing what was going on after that. He says, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. I want to talk to you today about the power of unity. I want to talk to you about the power, the negative consequences of division. Again, short recap in this passage. Jesus was casting out, he was healing a man, he was casting out a demon, and the accusation leveled against him by the Pharisees because of their insecurity, because all the multitudes were going goo goo gaga. Man, this side's amazing. So they had to make up this crazy accusation. Yeah, that's a demon on him. It was absurd. But Jesus uses this as a text, and he uses this as an opportunity to communicate the power of being united and the power of division. Because he said, watch this, don't miss this. He said, any kingdom divided against itself, any city divided against itself, any house divided against itself will not stand. What's the converse to that? Any house United will stand. Any city or community or state or nation, united will stand. Any kingdom, united will stand. Any business, united will stand. Any entity, united will stand. Any entity, divided will fall. I want to talk to you about the power of unity and the massive, massive consequences of division in the home, in a community, in a city, in a church, in a business, any entity. Three things. Number one, I want to talk to you about it. I want to give you this first point. Number one, division devours. Is this a side issue to God? It's not. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Unity in the home is a big deal. Unity in the church is a big deal. Unity in the community is a big deal. It's a big deal. Division, everybody say it, what? Devours. Look what I, verse 25, again, I'll pull it up. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, destruction. And every city, community, state, or nation, every home, house divided against itself will not Stand. I want you to go back and pull up that word for me if you would. Would you pull up the word number one? Division. All right, let's let's separate this here for a moment. You guys ready? We're gonna do a little bit of word stuff here. The word die is the Latin word, and it actually means 
two. That's what it means. Can y'all see that on the thing? Okay, good. So it actually means two. Everybody say two. Okay. So tri means three. Isn't that right? Quad means four. So di, so, and the word vision is here as well. So what we've got is, we've actually got division. We say it real fast, division. But we don't realize it's actually two visions. That's what that means. So two visions in a home devours. Two visions in a church devours. Two visions in a community devours. Two visions in a nation devours. See, does that make sense? So the issue is we got to get on the same page. See, here's what I found. Unity is a byproduct of shared purpose and vision. So unity, how do I achieve unity? See, when there's division, you, you devour. When there's three vision, try. When there's four, it, there's a devouring component, and that unity starts at the home when there is a singular vision, a singular purpose. Think about Church of the King. We have a vision, and I say this respectfully. We are not waking up every day trying to figure out what it is. It's reaching people, building lives. It's the Great Commission. It's Mark 16 and Matthew 28. Two last chapters in Mark, last chapter in Mark, and go preach the gospel and make disciples. We want to see people come to Christ. We want to see people discipled and built up in the kingdom of God. So we have a vision. It's very clear. We rally around it. We, we're not trying, I'm, I'm not going off to a conference, coming back. And now let me just say this. Everybody say vision, say strategy, and execution. Vision is where you're going. Strategy is how you're going. Execution is when you're going. When you're going can change. How you get at it can change. But where you're going has to be clear. Let me tell you, we, we know exactly where we're going. Well, it's the same thing in a home. There's different perspectives, the uniquenesses, there's nuances, the husband, the wife, the different things. But we know exactly what, what is the purpose of our marriage? What is the purpose of our church? What is the purpose of our nation? I've been to Washington, D.C. a number of times. I'm supposed to be there this week. And um, the reality is, is if you go to Washington, D.C., you go behind the Supreme Court, you'll see Moses. I mean, not physically. I mean, he's not there. <laughs> Dude's old, man. Well, time out. Okay. He's on the back. It's a, it's a carving of it. And he's, he's holding the Ten Commandments. There's so many places, there's so many iconic expressions of biblical, there, there's, there's so many things of biblical splash all over Washington. You, you look at our documents, you look at the Declaration of Independence, you look at the kind, there's so, there's so much, there's so much of a vision that, that, that our forefathers had of uh, 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 founding a nation where, where God is central. Sure, there weren't perfect people. Sure, they had flesh, and so do you, and so do I. And neither are we perfect. Somebody asked me, I'm looking for a perfect church. Don't come here. <laughs> Trust me, don't come here. <laughs> but there's, there was a vision, manifest destiny. There was a vision that, that there's going to be a nation. It's the only nation in the history of the world that was founded upon calling upon God. That's it. That's it. Isn't it ironic and sad, the further we get away, the more we try to take God out of it. No, God, we don't want God, we don't want God, we don't want God, we don't want God. Guess what? The more you push that out, you've got all these other visions of what this thing's all about. That's why there's strife and animosity and breakdown and relational breakdown. Why? Because we don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're going. We run into one another. Sorry, I'm getting fired up. I'm passionate about this. 
Division in a home, division in a community, division in a family, division in a church. It's division. What happens? Galatians chapter 5, verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, that's supposed to stop like when you're two. <laughs> Matter of fact, my, my brother, he goes, he goes oh, this was funny. My brother goes, I was always, you know, good to you. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and he was. He's good. And so a couple years ago, my mom gave me this picture, and it's of my brother, all right, he, I'm two, he's four, and my brother, and they got the picture. This is before iPhone, when you take, you know, this is like, you got to take a picture. Now, I don't know if my parents had to do this, but anyway, so, so I took a picture, and my brother had my shirt, y'all remember, he had my shirt, and he was going, ah, and he was biting my arm, and I said, aha, gotcha. That's supposed to stop at some point, like real young. If you bite and devour one another, beware lest all of you be consumed. See, we think division, I got them. No, 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 no. You got them, and by virtue of that fact, they got you. Because nobody wins with division. Nobody wins in the home. Nobody wins in the church. Nobody wins in the community. Nobody wins. It's a big deal to God, really big deal. So what do we need to do? What is the first step to regaining unity? Well, you have to have clear vision. You have to have a clear purpose. What is the purpose of your marriage? What is the purpose of our church? What is the purpose of your family? What is the purpose for our community? What is the purpose for our nation? What is the purpose? Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says it this way. Where there is no, say it, vision, the people bite one another. Okay, that was a little liberty on my part, but it's close. They bite one another. Why? Because there's no vision when we know where we're going. Again, it's vision, strategy, execution. Vision is where we're going. Strategy is how we're going. Execution is when we're going. We can change this. We can shift the nuances here, but we got to know where we're going. That's why it's so important where we're going. What's the purpose? I got to tell y'all something. I, I'm a big, and y'all, y'all know this, I... Big football family. I grew up, played football, loved football. My kids played football. They didn't have a choice. And we're going to do it. And so, oh, they're going to get hurt. Huh? My, 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 they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. It's all good. And so, it, and so, I love it. I love the college football. Come on, go LSU. Yeah? yeah. Isn't that right? Somebody challenged me. Pastor, didn't you go to Tulane? Yes, I did. Why do you root for LSU? Because I'm not stupid. I'm a glutton for success, okay? I, <laughs> you know, appreciate the degree, but want to identify with winners. But anyway, so, <laughs> okay. So I'm a pragmatist. So anyway, so, so, so I, love, I love it. I, and I'll tell you why. Because I think so much through sports, there's so many life lessons. Isn't that right? And we rally around. It's awesome. It's just, it's just awesome. So, and I'll say this. There's something I'm not trying to be weird to speak, but there's something in the air this year with the saints. Isn't that right? There's just something, there's just something. Uh, and now, now listen, let's go back. Let's go back to 2009. Watch this. The Super Bowl year. What was it? Well, I mean, it's the coach and the quarterback, right? They're on the same page. Sean Payton and Drew, they're on the same page. All the offense on the same page. All the defense, everybody's on the same page. 
the owner, the coach, and the coach. Everybody's on the same page. And why is that? Because they had a singular goal to win the Super Bowl. And they had a clear vision. And people were putting down their own personal preferences for the bigger goal. What's the bigger goal? The bigger goal is we're going to do that together. Everybody say together. I really do believe that, that statement. We are better together. I believe that. I believe that. Vision, listen, it breeds something powerful. It breeds unity, and unity breeds something as well. Let me give you number two. So division devours, number one. Number two, unity breeds tremendous possibilities and progress. It's awesome. I mean, there's something happens in a church. Something happens in a home. Something happens in a community. Something happens in a nation. When there's a clear vision, sure, there's different perspectives of strategy. Sure, there's timing issues. Sure, all that. And we all are unique, and we all bring a different thing. But, 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 but what we're clear about is where we're going, and we can, all get on, we can all rally together around that. Look at the 12 disciples. They were on the same page, except one, Judas. And those 11 changed the world. Paul was added. It changed the world. Psalms 133, is unity important to God? Is unity important to God? Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Let me pause there just for a moment. The reason why I started off with Matthew chapter 12 is because there's this, I believe there's this lie that says uh, that, that, that God is only interested in the church, just the church. Well, I believe that's why Matthew 12, as he said, he talked about the city. Why? Because in the city, there's churches and there's people. Does that make sense? So the principles expand beyond just the church. There's a power attached to unity. Behold how good it is uh, and present it is for people to dwell together in unity. Look at the next verse. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard of Aaron. That's, that's a signifying the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The power of God, the, the anointing oil that ran. Aaron was the high priest in Israel. And there was this, this sense where he was, he, was, he, was, he was anointed by the Lord. Look, look at this. Running down the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of the garments. It's so powerful. What, so when there's unity there, God says, my presence is there. There's an anointing there. Look at this next verse. It says, it's like the dew of Hermon. Hermon is a, a mountain range in northern Israel. And, and, and it's, 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 it's the dew. Dew is ubiquitous. It's everywhere, right? It's not like, it, it's, it's, it's not like well, dew's there, but it's not there. Why? Because it's, it's everywhere. How do you stop dew? We like dew in this section, but not this section. Dude's everywhere. There's power attached. There's, there's ecological. There's God's, how he did all that stuff. It's just amazing. So, so, so when there's unity, it's like the anointing of God. When there's unity, it's like the dude. There's, it's, 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 it's pervasive. You can feel it in a home where there's unity. And you can feel division in a home. You can feel it in a church. You can feel it in a community. You can feel it in a nation. Descending upon the mountains, for there, there the Lord commands how many of y'all want God commanding blessing on your life? Come on, anybody want that? I want God commanding blessing on my life. I want God commanding blessing on my home, on my family. Now, let me say a couple things about what unity is not. And by the way, I'll pick up on part two next week. Unity is not uniformity. It doesn't mean that we all see things exactly the same. 
We can have unique perspectives, I wrote, but we share the same goals. Because we walk in unity doesn't mean that we are mindless, emotionless robots. We all think the same. I'm not saying that at all. As a matter of fact, let's just talk about the, the home for a moment. In, our, in, our, in, our, in my marriage, my, my, my wife and I, we, I mean, there's a lot of healthy discussions. Yeah, when she's wrong. And so there's, the, I'm joking. We, uh, so, it, it, I mean, we have different unique perspectives, right? We have so, so, but we have this, but here, here, unity is of the heart. We know we're going in the same direction. Are you with me? The same goal. So you have to have the same goal. The same macro goal. So you can have, you, so I'm not talking about, nor am I suggesting that, that unity means there's no truth. I'm not suggesting that unity means uniformity. We're, 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 because the fact of the matter is, it's the, the uniqueness of our different perspectives in our marriage that actually, I believe, fills in and gives energy to our ultimate reaching of those goals. It's not that we're just walking around where we don't, she, she has a unique perspective. I have unique perspectives. It's a heart condition. It's really what it's about. Our elders meeting, once a month we pray. We have our, our elders, our board, and our lead team. There's nine people, ten people, uh, nine people in the room. And once a month, what do we do? We're praying together. Let me just tell you, they're all type A personalities. All of them. Business owners, leaders. And they're, they're just, do you think I'll walk in there and say, I don't want anybody's opinion. Let me tell you, I'm the pastor of this church. No, I'm just like, man, because they wouldn't stay. I'd be like, well, you don't ever let us talk. So, so, but, but here's what we do. We pray. Everybody say pray. We pray together. So our hearts are linked. Then there's unique perspectives. There's unique perspectives. By the way, you ought to see some of them trying to out-talk one another. Hey! And it's just, it's, it's just these are strong person. So, so different perspectives. But, 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 but here's the cool thing. But our hearts are linked together. Same vision. Everybody say same vision. We're going to reach people and build lives for Christ in our community, in this region, and around the world. That's, so we know where we're going. How we're getting there may differ. Pastor Randy Craighead and he and I have been together in 16 years, a church 18 years old. And we always know when it gets tense because his upper lip gets real thin. <laughs> and it's funny. We're like, Randy, Randy, come back, lip. Where's your lip? Where's your lip? Where's your lip? Where's your lip? It's funny. It's funny. Dr. Greg Mila, he's, his leg starts doing like this. You know, it's like, Randy loses the lip. Dr. Greg goes like this. Charlie Bollinger starts talking over everybody. It just gets real loud. It's real. We're not talking about mindless. We're talking about hearts that are linked together. Are y'all with me? Our hearts are linked together. Unity on our staff, we, we have 109 full-time employees, I think 200 total, and once a month, we have all the, uh, all the part-time, full-time, they, and I, we have a staff meeting. You know what I did last, last month? I said, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. We did on Wednesdays, first Wednesday of the month, 10 to 12, and I said, we're going to just open it up. Any question you have about anything, I'm going to do my best to answer, and, and that's risky, are y'all with me? That's real risky. I'm like, just anything you want to ask me. And it's not like, write it in, don't put your name, text it in. It's like, stand up with the mic, ask me whatever you want, and I'm going to do my best to answer it. All right? And I'm going to tell you, the more that questions were asked, and the more, here's, here's the deal, here's the deal. The more people felt they trusting, the more their hearts connected, the more, why, why, our hearts, unique perspectives, I learned. I'm not talking about uniformity. 
Talk about unity of heart, unity of purpose, unity of vision. Are y'all with me? You gotta grab this in our community. We, we, can have, we can have different perspectives. We need different perspectives. But we gotta have the same goal. We wanna be in a community where we can raise our families and grow and, and thrive and, and prosper. Same thing in our nation. We, we can have unique perspectives. Everybody's got a different part, different part to play, but, but we've gotta have the same heart, what we're about. Same heart, what we're about. So important. Oh man, I have so much to say. That's why, by the way, we pray together. My wife and I, we pray together. It's so important that you pray together. You, you can't have a unified heart if you're not praying together. You've got to pray together. It's, it, it, it breeds unity. You, you cannot stay mad at your spouse if you pray with them. And sometimes you've got to start by faith. I know I'm supposed to do this, Jesus. But I just pray for this person. I'm telling you, there's times I've we're going to do this. Now, this is long. I've been married 23 years. It's like 22 years and a half ago. <laughs> and, and, but, but let me tell you, you start praying together, and it's like the dew of Hermon, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Come on. You with me? And all the animosity and all the disagreement and all, there's something. Why? Because unity ultimately is of the heart. Yeah. Let me give you three practical things and we'll close. You guys learn anything? Yeah? Here we go. All right, here we go. And by the way, I know it's Thanksgiving weekend. Next weekend, I'm going to be here teaching. All right? I'm going to do part two uh, on this and then we'll finish up the week after Thanksgiving. Then we start our Christmas series. Christmas! It's amazing. It's already here. All right, here we go. Number three. We pray for, here it is, and what? Say it. Pursue unity. It's not a side issue for us. We we pray for it and we pursue. We contend for unity. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, Paul says, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing, bearing with one another in love. Watch this verse. Endeavoring, here it is, endeavoring to keep the, say it, the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. All right, let me share what the word unity means, or the word endeavor means. Here's what it means it means to exert oneself, to make every effort, to give diligence, to make haste, be zealous. Train every nerve and further the cause passionately. In other words, Paul says, make unity a top priority for you. Because division devours. It devours your business. It devours your home. It devours the community. It devours a nation. It devours a church. It devours relationships. It devours. It devours. But unity breeds possibilities and progress and hope. And it lifts human beings. It's powerful. Paul says, contend for this thing. So, let me give you three practical ways we can enhance it, and then I'll close. Right out of Romans chapter 12, three things. Number one, how do I contend for unity? We can start by doing this. Number one, respect. Everybody say it. Respect. We have got to, if we're going to contend for unity, we've got to learn to respect, honor, and esteem one another. Even when they're different. Romans chapter 12. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference. Boy, isn't that interesting. Do we really do that? Do we really do that in our culture? Do we really give preference 
You know when you're waiting in a line? In England, they call it a queue, right? You know, you know preferences? It's like, oh, no, 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 you can get in front of me. Do we really do, we, do, we really do that? Do we really, as Jesus said in, in Philippians 2, do we really consider others better than ourselves? Do we really do that? I'm asking, do we? I, I, it's tough in our culture, right? It's very tough to do that in our culture. It's moving fast. But if we respect one another, you know what? When I respect you, I value you. And when I value and I honor you, I esteem you and see you as a child made in the image of God, worthy of honor. See, if you're arrogant, it's hard to bring unity. Because if you're arrogant, you think you're the best. Your opinion's the best. And your thoughts are the best. But if you're humble and you honor people, you lift other people, everybody say respect. What are you doing? You're contending for unity. See, number two, the second thing that we need to do to contend for it is we've got to release. We've got to learn to release those that have hurt us. Cantankerous, feisty, strife mongers, they're wounded and they've never released forgiveness, unforgiveness. They've never, they, got, they got barbs in them. They got barbs in them. Look at Romans chapter 12. I'm just going through these three verses. Right? Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things. Do we really do that today? Do we really do that? Hey, let me just say this. I'm going to press it out there a little bit. I'm going to push it out there a little bit. I think one of the blessings of our culture and one of the drawbacks is social media. You want to know why? Everybody's got an opinion today. Everybody, and, and, it's, and it's usually not great. Everybody's an expert. Everybody, you used to have to wait till the newspaper reporter would put something out. And now it's everybody's got an opinion about everything related to everybody, related to anything. Because it makes you feel significant. You get a physiological adrenaline surge when you post something and somebody likes it. That's why you go back to look how many likes. So physiologically, your endorphin levels in your brain go up. You get an adrenaline surge. Oh, wow, this is awesome. I'm doing it again. It's amazing. I'm amazing. Oh, no, that's right. Oh, yes, I am. But when you get wounded and you pop people, man, you can't bring unity that way. It's like a, a pastor in a church. Do you think I don't get popped? Of course I do. Of course I do. But I've had to learn. Release. As a leader, you can't lead anything in a social media generation. Are you kidding me? One time, one of my boys got mad. Somebody put someone on social media bad. He goes, I'll take them out, Dad. Hey, time out. <laughs> you can't do that. that. That's the culture that we live in. So we got to get real big on the inside. Isn't that right? Let me give you the third and final thing here. We've got to resolve. We've got to resolve things. Romans 12, 18, it is impossible, or, and it is if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all people. Now, let me say what I'm saying, and let me say what I'm not saying. Let me say what I'm not saying first. I am not saying if you don't, all of our campuses do not miss this point. I'm not saying that we can't have tough conversations. I'm not saying that we cannot speak the truth in love. I'm not saying that. I do that. I am saying there's a way in which we can do that and not cause division. Are you with me? How do we do that? Three things. Let me share this. You can disagree with something. Don't miss this. 
You can disagree with somebody's policy. You can disagree with someone's perspective. You can disagree with their principles, but you never attack the person. When you attack the person, listen, you go, you go grade school, sixth grade, fifth grade playground. That's my friends. I hate you. How do you do that in a marriage? You are always late. Really? Have you got that chronicled down on a spreadsheet somewhere? You adjust behavior, not the person. You deal with the issue. You have to separate the two. You can say, I don't agree with that. I'm not sure about the perspective. Those principles I don't see, but I'm not going to attack the person. Once you attack the person, you are not a unifier. You're a divider. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Talk about races for a moment. We as the church have the greatest opportunity to model to the secular culture without God what true unity is all about. Are you kidding me? They don't have Christ. They don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. They don't know anything about God. And yes, as believers, that's why we have the, we, if we can't do it in here, they'll never get it out there. We've got to do this thing right. Are y'all with me? We've got to do this thing right. Man, there's so much fire on the inside of me. If I had more time, but I don't. Y'all got to get out of here because we've got another group coming in. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask everybody to stay. <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> Let me pray for you. Don't send me an email. I won't read it this week. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just teasing you. You know, in the end... Ultimately, it's only a changed heart. It's a changed heart that can bring unity. It's a heart deal, man. It's a heart deal. It's a heart deal. When you're a Christian, when your heart has been changed, when the heart of stone, the Bible says, is taken out and a heart of flesh, when God puts a new heart in you and a new spirit, oh, man, talk about new possibilities. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, I've got one minute. Every one of our campuses... Maybe you're in a place in your heart's never been changed. Maybe you've never come to a place where you've trusted Christ as your Savior. This is what it's about. In the home, in, in, in any group, when your heart's changed. See, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. You've got help from God. And the nine fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. The Spirit of God's helping you. Maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. If that's you, the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Are you sure if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? The count of three at every one of our campuses, I'm just going to ask our South Shore, Gulf Coast, all the men and women, the Orleans Justice Center, those of you that are joining us online or here at Little Creek, say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. If that's you at the count of three, would you just lift your hand up high so I can see it? One two, three. Quickly, you need Christ. You're not sure. God bless you right there.